When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Happy pre-4th of July. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Mr. Bo Brock. Welcome, everybody, to the show. And first and foremost, Bo, we want to say RIP, rest in peace, Vince Tobin, ex-Cardinal head coach, passed away tragically uh, Monday night uh, at, you know, I think a young age of, of 79, led the Arizona Cardinals to their only playoff berth in 51 years before the Kurt Warner years took over in the mid-2000s. So we know that uh, PHNX Cardinals co-host Frank Sanders had a great relationship with Vince, and we want to send the thoughts and prayers out to, to Vince's family. Yeah, absolutely. Condolences to his family. And uh, when you think about kind of when things started, obviously there was kind of a uh, delayed gratification between when this team came to the desert and then get to experience any type of success. And then that was the year, right? Jake, the snake, Frank Sanders, yeah. Larry Frank centers, Sanders, uh, you know, it was, it was Pat Tillman. It was, it was a uh, who's who, and they sneak into the playoffs and what do they do in the playoffs? Oh man, they beat up on the Dallas Cowboys. You couldn't have written a better script. Uh, it was fantastic. And, um, yeah, just uh, rest in peace, Vince Tobin, a big piece of uh, football here in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, and from everything that we've spoken with with Frank Sanders, I mean, Vince was going to be a big part of what they did moving forward, and there was some self-sabotage with with a certain GM and a certain head coach, but wasn't because of you know Vince's lack of ability to you know, coach some of the greats. So um, absolutely well said, Bo Brock. Well said, everybody. Welcome here in the chat. I love this. Paul AZK1 on my way back from Vegas, tuning in. Well, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Happy 4th of July. Excited for this one, says Oscar. Um, yeah, we're excited, too. We're excited to dive in some people who are, are not excited about the Arizona Cardinals and maybe where they rank from a roster and coaching standpoint. Bo Brock, that's where we want to start. I was on Twitter sparingly over the weekend, in part because of Elon Musk, but because also um, just trying to spend some time with the family. And, and one of the things that I got tagged in, as, as did you, was... Mike Clay uh, and ESPN did a ranking of the rosters within the NFL, like just top to bottom. Didn't didn't factor in coaching, didn't factor in contracts. Like who's got the best rosters, you know, top to bottom in the National Football League? And I, you know, we just assume Cardinals would probably be bottom tier. Not only are they bottom tier, Bo Brock, but via Mike Clay and ESPN, they are dead last. They are the worst roster in the NFL. You're seeing it now for our folks on YouTube, audio listeners, Cardinals in front of, or just behind, I should say, the LA Rams, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, among other teams. Bo Brock, what do you, what do you make of this? And is it warranted? Cause we are talking off air and you might think it's warranted. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they're in the conversation, no doubt about it. I mean, look at these yeah. teams, obviously not the company that you want to keep in the NFL. I mean, the Rams, I think, are a Stafford, another injury or inability to get back on the field away from this team uh, being the bottom feeder of the NFL or Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald, very thin margin for error. Then you need the Colts. They, they need Anthony Richardson to develop really quickly in order for them not yeah. to be at the bottom of the AFC South. Same thing goes for the rookie quarterback in Houston. And then you've got Tennessee kind of at the end of its days uh, in the AFC South, kind of some couple surprise contending years. That would have helped fueled by a guy like Monty Osfort being behind the scenes uh, with Robinson, the one-time GM there, but it put him in, in pretty solid contention for the last couple of years. Tampa Bay, post Tom Brady, post BA, uh, they're in trouble, right? Todd Bowles has a, a very brutal-looking quarterback room, and I think the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray on the shelf, uh, they're definitely in the conversation for the least talented roster right now, but the organization, I think that you can say that they have something that at least half a dozen or more of the teams at the bottom end of this list that are ahead of the Cardinals, they lack something that the Cardinals don't, and that's direction. The Arizona Cardinals mm -hmm. are going in the right direction. Sure, they might have the worst roster in place going into the 2023 season, but this team has direction, and they have the tools to go where they want to go, and that's up. I mean, Johnny, this team has in its possession right now, outside of you know talented players on the roster, it has 11 2024 NFL draft picks. It's got six of those in the first three rounds, and it's got the most valuable first in the NFL draft as of right now, and probably about $80 million in cap space to spend next offseason. So also multiple paths to a franchise quarterback. Some of these teams that are bottom feeders, they don't know what their solution is at quarterback. Arizona Cardinals have one of two things. Kyler Murray, move forward with him, or a generational prospect that they could pivot to at the top of the NFL draft. I think that the direction that they have, it kind of uh, makes and puts the fan base at ease for the first time in a long time, despite them being at the bottom of this list. Yeah, well said. And I, I agree with that. And while I, you know, it's it's probably just your your personal preference of uh, producer Emma, can we see those those teams one more time? Who truly is the worst? Because I'm in agreement with with some of the people in the chat. I, I think the Rams roster with or without Aaron Donald and, and Matthew Stafford in the fold. I think their roster is the worst. Um, but again, they've got Cooper Cup, but I, I think they're so lean defensively. Um, you'd have hard-pressed time for, for me thinking otherwise. But again, you want to put the Cardinals there. I don't have a huge problem with that. But to Bo Brock's point, like, look at some of these teams now. You, the Tennessee Titans were a team that had conversations, Bo, about trading up in the AFC South to come up with the Arizona Cardinals at the third overall pick. We had that source right before the first round started. And they instead settled for Will Levis. And, and they have a really good head coach. Are they ever going to be in a position to find a franchise quarterback if Will Levis doesn't pan out and Ryan Tannehill's about done? Uh, we we saw it with Kyler Murray in 2019. If you're going to be the worst, be the worst team, right, to, to reap the benefits of that. You've got teams like Atlanta that's middling around with first-round running backs and tight ends, the antithesis of how not to build a team. You're trying to trot out Desmond Ritter. No one knows what Jordan Love is, right? The commanders, while we think, you know, have some solid skill or skill positions and their defensive line's good, you know, what's their future at the most important position? I'm with you, Bill Brock. I, I think of all these teams, and I'll put my unbiased hat off for a second, unequivocally, I would rather be the Arizona Cardinals because of the fact that when you hold all the chips for what is going to be, I believe, a generational blue chip filled draft 
in 2024. And the fact that the expectations are low this year for a new regime. Think about it for a second. If this was, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime coming back again, even with those picks in hand, number one, you wouldn't trust Steve Kime to operate with those picks. And number two, it's like, well, you couldn't get talented people to come to bat for you this year and next year. Whereas you reset the deck, so to speak. And yes, the incumbent, um, you know, head coach, or I should say the latter that came in, they had a hell of a draft with Paris Johnson Jr. and B.J. Ojolari. But the mess of this roster is on people who are no longer associated. Whereas of that list of the bottom 10 teams, so many people who have fudged up those rosters, their imprint, their fingerprints are all over those rosters still, and they're still in control. And that's the biggest thing is if if you're Atlanta, right, if you're the Raiders, if you're some of these teams and you keep missing on prospects and players and free agents, and then those people are still in charge, it's a very tough place to get excited about a bounce back. Yeah, absolutely. C-level saying we're going to finish better than we started, guaranteed. And that's that would be refreshing to this fan base, right? After yeah. so many seasons under Cliff Kingsbury where – you know, uh, two of the four, they came out of the gates and they were strong and then they just petered out and it was just disappointment, right? It was as disappointing as, you know, a wire to wire, you know, slow start and, and, and slow finish. Cliff Kingsbury's teams just couldn't finish at all. And it seems no. like Jonathan Gannon gears his teams up to be successful at the most important times of the season, right? To thrive when the games are, you know, at their uttermost importance, you know, at the end of the year, when you're playing big divisional games for the division, for potential first round by when you're playing in the postseason, he only gave up 14 points to his first playoff opponents until having to face Patrick Mahomes and, and uh, the Kansas city Chiefs. So, you know, I, I think that absolutely this is, this is something that we're, it's not a matter of I, – I think if you're looking at the assignment, I think Mike Clay's fine. He's right in the ballpark. And it, yeah. regardless of what people's confidence level is in this coaching staff and for these players to develop, as it stands right now, the players that they've that they've put together for this team, it, I, I don't think you can really argue that they're where they are on this list. And, and that's fine. I, I think that that's, that's just one of the evils of rebuilding. It's at this stage in a rebuild – most of the time your roster isn't up to par and that's, you know, and, and there's, uh, there's opportunity with that for young players to emerge for players that haven't been given uh, those opportunities throughout the leagues. Like your Kazir whites. Uh, I know he thrived for the Eagles, but like your Chris Barnes, Josh Woods, Chris Boyd's uh, or, or your BJ Ujolari's Paris Johnson's Michael Wilson's. I mean, it's, there's so much opportunity here and there's so much room for growth and only really one direction to go for this Arizona Cardinals organization. Instead, like when you look at the teams below them, to your point, it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're kind of just stuck in this, this weird, weird, like, are, are we contenders? Are we? There are, are historically we, what the Cardinals have already been the perpetual exactly. five and 11. And that's right. led to minimal success historically. They, that's that's what the Cardinals have been. And, and I think we've got some great points here in the chat, but I, I think something I tried to emphasize before the show that a lot of people locally have pointed out is like how much untapped talent is on the roster that has not blossomed yet because of the coaching that was here before. Like we could be looking at a top 100 list, emerging players under 25 list this time next year. Could Cameron Thomas be on that list because he's been enabled by John Gannon? Could Majay Sanders, Trey McBride be on that list? That's why these chips that you have every April in the NFL draft, like we know free agency can serve a role, but it's largely fool's gold to build your team. Ask Steve Kime that. 
but you have a lot of chips in the draft, top 100 players that you are able to develop. And all it takes is one season for them to pop. The conception or the preception, I should say, of your roster changes for the better significantly. So I I don't think it's as cut and dry as Cardinals have no talent. They got to get more talent next offseason. Whilst I think that is the case to some degree, there are players on this roster that I, I, I know Bo and I were bullish on. The coaching staff is because of the misusage of them. I'm looking at Zayvon Collins. A lot of people would point out Isaiah Simmons with, with that regard. So let's see how they do. Let's You take the Collinger out, right, when you're draining your pasta. Let's see what remains here and what's worth investing in over time. I, I, I don't think this roster is as bare bones as people make it out to be, especially at positions. I just dogged Atlanta for tight ends and running backs. Cardinals have a, a pass rush group with not a lot of household names, but with talent. They've got a tackle group with talent, though, and then obviously the quarterback. Those are the positions that matter. Yeah, absolutely. Also, like when you talk about, you know, you think about rosters that have untapped potential, and you think about yeah those players that didn't finally didn't find kind of their way in the previous coaching staff. But also, you have to consider the guys that did have good seasons under previous coaching staffs. Like there's still like I think there's still room between you know Buda Baker and his ceiling, and Jalen Thompson and his ceiling, and and Marco yeah. Wilson and his ceiling. Like those are guys that can get better potentially. <laughs> And you look at how Clay kind of broke this down to provide more context over his article. Uh, it's it's behind the paywall on the insider uh, thing for the ESPN. And he said the strongest unit is, is safety. Buda Baker, Arizona's best players, one of the league's top, most reliable safeties. And then he goes into uh, Jalen Thompson, has more tackles than Baker over the last two seasons, and is second among all safeties during that span. And then looks at the weakest unit, interior defensive line. A shock to nobody, yeah. right? This is something no. that this is a group that – that we've been harping on for for all offseason long, where they're going to need to get production from uh, a unique place, like guys that we haven't heard really much of before at the NFL level. Whether it's you know in house or Rashard Lawrence or Lucky Fotu takes a step, Carlos Watkins who came over from Dallas, Kevin Strong came over from Tennessee, uh, a draft pick, and Dante Stills who I think was their last pick of this first draft class under Monty Osterford out of West Virginia, sure tackle. Or a lost machine for the Mountaineers, but you know, will that translate? Will be able he'd be able to find a spot at the NFL level? It's just like you have to figure like for outsiders like Mike Clay doesn't follow this team every day. You can understand skepticism he has in this roster. Yeah. Right. Who are these players? If you're if you're not a draft aficionado, like people like our friends from PFF that join us on on occasion, they know who Cameron Thomas and Majay Sanders and Trey McBride are the casuals that don't follow this team. And I'm not calling Mike Clay a casual, but that those names may not resonate right away. And you'd have to go back. Oh, that's the guy from San Diego state. Oh, wait a minute. That kid played at Cincinnati. Oh, he was the best tight end. You know, he went to Colorado state. Some, some of that needs to be emphasized or Colorado. So I, for me, it is. If that, that's going shown to- kind of in the, in the, uh, sorry to just crush your point. No, you're but good. Like when you look you're at fine. his depth, the depth you look chart at how for ESPN, yeah, I mean, you just can you realize that the way they projected starters, they've got Paris Johnson Jr. as their starting left tackle. Like, eh, it's probably going to be DJ Humphreys. I think that Paris right. Johnson's going to make his way. They got DJ Humphreys at right tackle. What? Why would you what? make that flip? NFL. <laughs> not- well, so first of all, the coverage of this team, we know. I mean, we cover this team. Mm-hmm. We we like to think we set the standard for coverage for this team in large part because not in large part, but partially because. Other entities make it easy because they don't pay attention to the Cardinals. Like NFL.com had Paris Johnson Jr. 
as an all-rookie player, which is great, but he had him playing guard. It's like, guys, he hasn't played guard this entire offseason. I want him to be all-rookie, but if that's going to happen, it's going to be a right tackle, right? So the the optics of it can be day-to-day. And again, the the original point I was trying to make, if I don't forget it all of a sudden as my mind goes blank, but um, (laughs) it's, it's it's, it's funny to see how decommitted they are to the Cardinals right now and the narrative being they'll have the top two picks in the draft, so it doesn't matter. Like, this season does not matter. But if you're going to be bad or if you're going to rebuild, lose, lose with young players. That was one of the hardest things for the Denny Green era and the Steve Kime era at times. They would have, they would spend money. They would have some bloated rosters. They'd pay the wrong people, right? Older players would come here. It was the, it was the old not the country club, but the retirement home for NFL veterans, right? Emmett Smith would come here and take a bunch of money. And so it's like, well, you don't even have a plan in place to get young players time. It's one of my biggest issues with Vance Joseph. And you guys know where I'm going with this. You cannot choose to play journeyman over top three draft picks, top one, two, three round draft picks, especially when the limited time that they're seeing Majay Sanders, Cameron Thomas, they are more explosive than Marcus Golden. You're on a seven game losing streak. Why aren't those players playing against Atlanta and San Francisco? That's a detriment to the future of the Cardinals. And that those days are over. They may win one game this year. They may win six games. Who knows? They may overachieve. If they're going to do that, though, it's going to be at the presence of and the benefactor of Paris Johnson Jr., Michael Wilson, Garrett Williams when he comes back, right? B.J. Ojolari. Those are who is going to help get them there. Because those are the players that they've invested in. They hand-plucked them in April. Gannon, Austin Ford, Dave Sears and company said, nope, you guys are our our future. With all due respect to some of these guys who have been on the roster, let's see how preseason goes. Let's see how training camp goes. That's refreshing because I think Cardinal fans are smart. They know we want to see them compete and win games every Sunday. This year is not about wins and losses, in my opinion. Yeah, and a big part of that is, you know, the expectation from the front office, right? I mean, famously or infamously said by Steve Kime is this team is never rebuilding. Right. So that puts pressure on the coaching staff and like, Oh, well, we're not rebuilding. Then I don't have the luxury of playing young players and the luxury of them making mistakes. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Steve Wilkes obviously got zero grace and Cliff Kingsbury got like one season of grace for the most part. Right. He Mm -hmm. got the five, 10 and one season, the first year under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray's rookie year. And then after that, the expectations went up significantly and, and maybe to, it was a, a testament uh, of, of their, their hot start in 2020 uh, mm-hmm. in, where they finished eight and eight and were on the outside looking in. And then they, they came out, you know, on fire to start the next season, but you know, and then the expectations went way up and then that team just wasn't ready for it. Right. But it was no. also a product of them not playing the young players because of heightened expectations. And I think right. that the front office is, is, fully aware of what the score is, where the roster is, what they want from their coaching staff, what they want from the roster as far as they they probably prefer to develop and, and emphasize that over wins and losses. Love this comment. Oscar, isn't the goal to build a culture and a dynasty that lasts years, not a year? Well, that, that should be the sustained success. And you think about yeah. what does this franchise have in common with sustained success? Very little. Always a flash in the pan. Even the Palmer and the Warner years, you were hitching your wagon to a quarterback that had an expiration date, right? And so it's you could never say well, we're going to contend 
and compete for 10 plus years. That's why you always want a young franchise quarterback because not of you're not going all in with a singular season. Maybe you're more aggressive in a certain offseason with their expiring contract on their rookie deal or whatever. But there's a reason why, you know, Josh Allen is going to remain viable past this era of Bills football. If Stefan Diggs leaves or they have a new coach, it's well, we have Josh Allen. We're always going to contend and compete. That's why Kyler Murray or Caleb Williams or whomever, that's the goal. And that's why you should feel good. I know Ben in the chat, he, he's saying Monty won't survive if he trades K1 and Caleb Buss in the NFL. And you're, you're right. If he, if he trades Kyler Murray and takes on Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams is a bust, then that's on Monty Austin. 100%. He shouldn't survive that. What I would say to though is if people around the NFL, scouts, whomever, are telling you that he's an Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence type of prospect, if he busts, some of that's on you as a franchise, right? Whereas if Kyler Murray doesn't work out in Arizona, yeah. I've always been of the mindset, it's like an 80, 20, 70, 30 on the Arizona Cardinals, the infrastructure. You gave him Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. You asked him to carry the team from start to finish, right? I'm very much of the mindset, and I will continue to preach this, Bo Brock. If Kyler Murray went to a more stable organization, knock on wood, it's, it's easy to say because the team that's picking first isn't usually stable, but humor me here. If he goes to a, if a team like Pittsburgh or whomever that has a track record of success, I, I think a lot of these hurdles with Kyler Murray early on are alleviated. And I think he's a much better player today. And I would say the same thing of Caleb Williams. That's why it takes a special kind of player, a Joe Burrow-esque type of quarterback, when you're chosen first overall, to not only come in and have it translate on the field, but to change a culture of a franchise. And so whomever they keep, whether it's Caleb or, or Kyler Murray, they need to be able to work hand-in-hand hand with the ownership to, to change it together because it shouldn't just be on Kyler Murray or, or Caleb Williams. Yeah, and I don't think it – It I, all signs are pointing to, and we'll get into the coaching conversation here shortly, but like all signs are pointing towards it it being more of a, a team effort than, yeah. hey, this is our savior. He's going – just just load up. He's going to carry us out of there because, I mean, when we talk on a, on a sad day in, in the organization's history that – you know, Vince Tobin passes away, right? I mean, yeah. Even dating back then, it's like they go to the playoffs, and then the next, you know, next couple seasons, because of they blow it up, front office and, and heightened expectations and an unrealistic idea of where they were as a team and, and what they needed to emphasize roster wise. You know, Tobin's out, McGinnis is in, Denny Green comes in. You know, and, and these teams are kind of scratching the surface on success, and then you know, in in the ugly reality NFL, you need the results are the biggest thing and they didn't come and Wiz and hunt makes that unprecedented run with this team and they yeah. still can't sustain success. And it's just, it's a vicious circle, man, that we're hoping Monty Austin Ford is the guy to, to end and, and find some sort of, you know, consistent, sustainable success for this organization that's been seeking it ever since their move to the desert. Greg in the chat, pretty sure the sun stars are a lock for several years to come. I would agree with that, as well as the people at BetMGM. Right now, you can bet on BetMGM, NBA Futures, and uh, the Phoenix Suns. I'm not sure if you guys have heard or not. Having a banner offseason loading up to be one of the front runners for the NBA championship next year. You can bet on all that and more with our preferred betting partner, BetMGM. How about the BetMGM three-ball challenge? This is the stuff golfers' dreams are made of. You and three guests could be teeing off at one of the most legendary courses if you top the ranks of our PGA three ball challenge. All you got to do, take a swing at the free 
Play Challenge by revealing your roster of golfers for each week's tournament. The players with the best performing golfers will snag awesome weekly prizes. Also be entered for a shot to the end of the week season grand prize, a foursome at TPC Sawgrass. Plus, you get three grand in withdrawable bonus dollars to use travel, accommodations, food, beverage. The ultimate three-ball challenge is with our friends at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. All you got to do, log into your BetMGM app during an entry period and then select promotional uh, the promotional tab on your BetMGM account and access the 2023 BetMGM three-ball challenge. Then spin that sucker three times to lock in your roster. You can only do it one entry time. Three times, you're ready to go. If you haven't signed up yet with BetMGM, the official home of PHNX Cardinals this fall. And I say this fall, it's coming up quick. Bo and I are going to be there every single game this Sunday, this fall. Bet MGM at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. Home and away. Bo will be at the stadium for game days. We'll be hanging out pre-post-game show, halftime shows. We might even kick it there. Bo Brock for some training camp action, maybe a little red and white. We're working out all the details. But one detail we don't need to work out is Get on BetMGM. What are you waiting for? For Arizona peeps, place your first bet offer. Receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. And if it loses with BetMGM, you'll get that money. Again, make sure you're using that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to our guy, the birthday boy, Shane Diefenbach. Talk about it in the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Tomorrow, Joey Chestnut, the hot dog eating goat. Right now, Bet MGM total glizzies eaten seventy two and a half is the over under. Oh my god, <laughs> seventy two and a um, half. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say under. He's like, what is he minus five thousand? He's minus five thousand. Yeah, I mean, oh in the over under, like the the odds are the same. It's minus one fifteen. You can get some better eye. I mean. You can tease it. They've got this total hot, total glizzies consumed. Uh, over 76 and a half hot dogs. The man is just an absolute legend. Hot dog eating machine. You can get all the action you want on tomorrow's Nathan's I don't, hot dog. Can I just say, we said this last week, I don't think minus 5,000 on a guy eating hot dogs is a good bet. I'm just, I cannot get behind that. I'm so sorry. This is not the 07 Patriots. I know anything could go wrong. There, there are, it's like 110 degrees there. I just, what if he has the stomach bug and he, to me, I, there are better bets to be had. Yikes. Minus 5,000. Oscar, Oscar saying the glizzy slayer is back. I, I think that's one of the better bets every year. You just take him minus 5,000. Sure. It's not great odds, but it seems like it's a mortal lock. Uh, another mortal lock. And, and you, if you're having 76 and a half cut dogs, you're going to want to wash it down with something. Why not a four peaks? beer now four peaks mm. this is one of those weird times of year like they're closed today they're closed tomorrow but if you're not you can go to your uh circle k you can go to your local grocery store you can pretty much go anywhere in the valley to get arizona's number one craft brewery uh and a six pack of one of your favorite beers like four four peaks kilt lifter their yeah. flagship it's unreal get some for your fourth of july barbecue or grill out uh go get some of the best wheat beer in the state actually the number one wheat beer in the state of arizona Wow Wheat, if you're an IPA guy or gal, go get uh, some hot nut, get, get some Raj IPA. You can't go wrong. Make sure you're following along on social media. Look at that beautiful 
American flag and delicious kilt lifter there. You got to be following along to see picks like that. Also, enter some great contests that they have. Like they gave away some Diamondback seats, uh, four tickets to a Diamondbacks game, plus money to spend there. D bucks at the stadium in Chase Field. Uh, you just got to follow them at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub on social media. Got to be 21 years or older to enjoy the beer. And of course, you should always do it responsibly. Uh, we got a question in the chat from our guy Thunder or Gal. What's the better value? Trade the number one for a haul and pay Kyler or use the pick and save the money and the cap space? Uh, Thunder, uh, we are about six months from that becoming the million-dollar question here in Arizona. Bo Brock, what, what would you say to that question? Oh, man. Because we're going to talk about it at nauseum, should I, I, I almost want to just save it. And I don't, I don't want it to be because whatever I say can be used against me. Uh, I, I, I almost want to plead the fifth on that. It's, we're sitting. You think somebody would come back to the to the archives of July uh, and pull that? Because listen, I'm of the mindset. Like my opinion, I'm allowed to change my opinion. And so yeah. with that, I'll give you my answer right now. I think the the smart move is to take Caleb Williams because if, if you're one money. one, yeah. If you're one one, uh, and I I think. Trading out of that spot would is one of those ones that Cardinals fans probably fear the most that you would be giving up on a on a generational type talent and like like you no know, Hall of Fame level like you would yeah. have to convince yourself that Kyler Murray you guys are more polished than Mahomes right now. I mean, I know that's hyperbole to an extent, but I mean the fact that they're having that conversation and scouts and and analysts and experts are saying that about Caleb Williams is you would have to be tough. sure you'd. You would have to be certain. Ben in the chat, Kyler's still very young. I wouldn't move off of him. You would have to be certain that Caleb Williams, number one, would be better than Kyler long-term and that Kyler wouldn't go on to win championships elsewhere. But I don't even know how you would control that. Like you, I guess it's less about what Kyler would do and more about what you think you could do with Caleb. But I, you just have to ask yourself one question. Is Caleb Williams more valuable to the Arizona Cardinals for the next five years than Kyler Murray, given his skill set, his ability, the amount of money you would have to pay him and not have to pay him. I think the biggest knock on Kyler Murray right now, it's not the studying. It's not that he's an introvert, all that garbage. He can't finish seasons healthy. He's been banged up. And if it, it, you could make it that cut and dry, is, and it's this year included, we've talked, this is his fifth year. He's not going to play a full season. People are going to attribute that to a size. If you wanted a built-in excuse, that's it. Now, Caleb Williams come to the NFL and, blow out his knee and, and never be the same player. But uh, it is it is going to be a difficult decision. I don't think, Bo, they're going to be the worst team in the NFL with, with their own pick. I think you would have to rely on Houston. I think Kyler Murray's coming back in October. So it might it might take care of itself. But, man, I mean, it's, it's going to be the biggest thing to hit Arizona since, I don't know, the Super Bowl year if the Cardinals have the first pick in the draft. If, if you're making a case in court, and you're trying to convince 12, a jury of your peers of 12, 12 different people. Uh, I think that the Caleb William case is stronger. I mean, just because yeah. obviously you pivot to a rookie deal after year one with Caleb Williams, you eat the $46 million in dead cap from Kyler Murray. And then also just the, the, what, what's being said about Caleb Williams, what you've seen from Caleb Williams so far in, in, in at the collegiate level. I mean, it's, what what they're get calling a, get a ninety p get a ninety pff grade and that's not the end all be all but he's he's roughly three inches bigger than Kyler they're about the same almost the same weight he maybe has like 10, 10 pounds on him 
But I mean, he had, he had 42 touchdowns to, to, to five picks last year at, at USC. I mean, it's just it's 42 and passing that touchdowns, right? And how yeah, many rushes? 42 passing. I, I don't know. I closed my screen, but I mean, like, probably at least 10. I mean, it's he's yeah. he's going to have, I mean, is it crazy to say, like, he's going to have over 60 total touchdowns this year? I mean, we talked about it on Friday's show. For the people who are getting cute and saying he could have a down year, are you are you effing kidding me? Have you looked at the Pac-12? And he has Lincoln Riley. That He's got stability as his head coach. He transferred schools. Last year was his first year getting to know a new conference and, an, and a new university, and he did that. He was at Oklahoma the year before. You don't think he's going to be even more comfortable this year? And USC didn't graduate. They had the one wideout, right, that that went to the Seattle Seahawks, right? Wasn't he from no, USC? He to, uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Addison. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Addison. But everybody else is is still there. And they churn, Lincoln Riley turns out wide receivers almost as, as well as he does quarterbacks. So if you don't, if you don't think Caleb Williams is going to light it up in the Pac-12, it's not going to be Pac-12 well, after dark this year. It's going to be Pac-12 in prime time where they're gutting people putting up 50 plus points. You're nuts if you well, think that. Here's one of the most important parts is like the defense still didn't get that much better. I mean, USC's defense last Shootouts. year was atrocious. So Shootouts. like, yeah, just, just, it's going to be like this. But the Oklahoma and- defenses were great while Kyler was there and Baker was there and Jalen right. was there. And they, I mean, they're the, that team. Jaker. What I want K one. He says, I want K one and this team to be successful together. But if we got the first overall, I can't see how you don't take Caleb Williams. I, I get 100%. that. I absolutely get that. And I, again, people who are like, well, you got to trade it for a haul. Listen to me. The, there is not enough picks that you could get back for Caleb Williams to make it worth it because you're only allowed in a singular trade. A lot of people don't know this Bo, to get back three ones, right? I think three future ones. The only way it would work is if a team had like multiple ones in the same year, you could get four, maybe potentially. There, like Caleb Williams, in my opinion, is worth more than three ones. He, he's worth, I think, four to five first round picks. If he has yeah. the kind of year we think, yeah. Go ahead. Thunder saying that do the Rams and Bucks secretly tank? I, I just don't. If they blow Todd Bowles out of there before the end of the season, the Bucks will will tank. And if, if McVay. I don't think McVay's capable of doing it, but Bowles is going to be coaching for his life, depending on how long he he hangs out around there. Uh, you know that that's uh, that's going to be. I think you can get an interim. Too bad. Yeah, I'm I'm with Thunder though. I I think the Rams are the the biggest like sleeper for him because McVay not tanking, but like it's like November and the team's terrible. Like, oh, I have to step away for personal reasons. I'm going to be with my wife. She's having a baby. Not to make light of that, but it's just like, couldn't you see McVay doing that? Who's been wishy-washy on whether or not he wants to get into broadcasting. That's a storyline I don't have a stomach for this year. I can stomach the Cardinals struggling. I can't stomach the national media rooting for Caleb Williams to end up with the LA Rams. That that will hurt me to my core. And I I need them to go on like a 5-0 and start to the season that in, deflates you know, by Halloween or whatever. But I, I think the, the biggest contender right now is a team we, I, I routinely mention, but I don't think they're getting mentioned enough. I think it's the LA, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. McDaniels is a fraud. That conference is brutal. They don't have a quarterback. Garoppolo's hurt. Devontae Adams wants to leave. Their defense is terrible. Their secondary is awful. How many games are the Raiders winning in the AFC West? Like one, maybe? Two if they beat the Broncos. But, you know, Sean Payton's at least capable, whereas... McDaniels is not. I think 
the Raiders to me are the the most likely candidate. But we do we still have the odds, producer Emma? Probably not because we're let's see if I can pull them up. Um, unless you don't want me to. Uh, the odds for the first pick. There's producer Emma coming through in the clutch. The Raiders aren't even on here. This this is a this is ridiculous. I do think though any team behind Arizona should be in the AFC. The AFC is so good. And if you don't have a big boy quarterback, you're going to get destroyed. You're going to get absolutely destroyed. Whereas the NFC, you can screw around like the, the Falcons won seven games last year and they're terrible, right? So that I don't think the Buccaneers are going to go like one in 16. But if you screw around the AFC with those quarterbacks, you know, it's it's going to be a hard time. That's why Tennessee should have just should have just tanked or they should have drafted a quarterback. What are you doing, yeah. Will Levis? Well, it's tough. It's tough when you look at the, the Bucks and and the Colts. They're both in bad divisions, right? I mean, right. they're on the rock. It's the, the teams that are really going to be a threat are that are the ones that are like in the AFC West. If things just right. fester like if things go poorly for the Raiders early on uh, like. They, they, the Raiders could easily become a, a bottom feeder. If you look at the the AFC East, right? I mean, with what they've done there with Buffalo and, and the Jets on the rise and and the Dolphins, like if who knows what happens if, if the Patriots take a misstep and they're, they're still starting Bailey Zappi or who knows at quarterback. I mean, <laughs> those tough divisions where you're, you've got six games that are going to be tough to win that you, you can that turn into almost automatic L's. It's going to be, it's just as competitive for the to be the bottom team in the in the NFL as it is to to contend for a playoff spot. It's really really tough. It's hard. We went through last year, seven straight losses, barely got the Cardinals the third overall pick. And I'm going to tell you right now, whomever gets the first picks taking Caleb Williams. There's no scenario like outside of like Mahomes going down or Josh Allen going down and those teams would have to really be bad with backups to to get the first overall pick. Don't don't believe the narrative. like if if a team's drafting first they are taking Caleb Williams. I firmly believe that. I don't think that the, it's like the team, like Indy was, had, had all that success. And then the year Manning was out with his neck, they got Andrew Luck and they're like, okay, we're going to take Andrew Luck. We're, we could have, they could have easily shipped Luck out for picks. Manning was still great for half a decade, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. They said, nope, we're going to roll, roll the dice with Andrew Luck. Same Jacksonville. There was never a question of them taking Trevor Lawrence. All those other teams behind them desperately wanted to get number one. The Jets blew it. Remember that? whomever it is, whether it's the Cardinals or the Texans or the Titans or any of those teams that we just showed producer Emma, can we show them one more time? The top bottom, top 10 teams in the NFL, according to ESPN, any one of these teams, Jordan love, Sam, Hal, I don't care. Um, how about the teams that just took a quarterback, Bryce, Bryce young, uh, they're taking Caleb Williams. It's a, it's a Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray scenario, Anthony Richardson. I'm sorry. He's a great kid. We met him at the combine. Nobody on this list is immune to the team taking Caleb Williams. Do you agree with that, Bo Brock? Yeah, I do. I do. It's uh, it's he's, he's as of right now, as it stands on July third. Uh, yeah. you know, obviously barring any any bad injury or anything like that, but still, I mean, this is going to be a guy that's going to be in the conversation for the long running and could be the wire to wire guy, like you know Trevor Lawrence, and and as they've mentioned him, the same conversations as Andrew Luck, guys that you know going into that collegiate season. It like it's understood that it's his last collegiate season and he's going to be the number one pick of the draft. Now just figure out who's coming after him. And like when you talk about it too, like the consolation prizes this year are a little bit better than than this previous draft. Like the Arizona Cardinals, yeah. if, if they don't sit, you know, 1-1, you know, that Marvin Harrison Jr., like that's a pretty damn good consolation prize because, you know, not only like when you 
generational at the quarterback position, just as generational at the wide receiver position. Uh, I think that that's, that's, it's a good year to have multiple picks from teams that the expectations aren't high. It's I'm trying to think of the right analogy, but it's like, if you, if you're saving up right for a new car and you have a, a really good model that you like, but then they roll out in an off year, a model that you don't love, you can either commit to that or you can continue saving for the next year. And they have something that blows your socks off, right? That's what the Cardinals did. They were frugal oh, yeah. in the draft this year. They said, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to sell our stock a little bit on the 2023 draft, which was smart, by the way, everybody said it was a down year. And we're going to buy 2024 while still getting the player that they coveted at three in Paris Johnson Jr. That's what smart teams do. That's what the Patriots did for years upon years. You cash in when the stakes are high, when the prospects are blue chips, when they're great, like the Burrow Herbert year, the Panay Sewell Jamar Chase year. And then when it's the Jonathan year where there's no good players in the top 10, you sell, you sell, you get out. And then you, and then you try to double down the next year. Well, I, if I could tweak your analogy, I think it's like if you're saving up for a specific for model of a car, right? You know, I think yeah. that once it does come out and it, it's a they they tweak it, right? And then you do the right thing and you get the previous year's model and the money you saved up on it, you've got that money still and you're probably going to save some cash while, while buying something that you wanted before. They just, you know, what the, the new new, somebody else can do that. You're still going to get something that's best for you probably in the long run. Make the... you. You keep Kyler Murray. You continue in that path. You get Marvin Harrison Jr. You get versus the, the the pass rusher. You get one of these talented offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Uh, you start to you continue to bolster that roster up and down, yeah. and and you're making your way out of the of rebuild either way. Eddie, really good question here. What happens if Fields has a Lamar MVP type year and the Panthers finish with the first pick? Listen, that's that's a very difficult question to answer. Um, it'd be like the Cardinals. I mean, if let's say Kyler Murray comes back in late September, the Cardinals go like, I don't know, seven and 10, have a really nice year compared to what a lot of people think. But then Houston's terrible and they have the first pick, but Kyler just went off and drew Petsing's offense. But to Eddie's points, like Fields has the same quarterback coach, the same head coach he had last year. If Fields goes off and they, let's say the bears win 10 games and he has an MVP kind of season, he runs all over everybody in the pant. I mean, that that might be the rarity, Eddie, where because you have the caveat of the team that's picking one, the rights go to somebody else because of the, the trade up this year for Bryce Young. Bryce Young. That's that's an interesting, interesting scenario. I hadn't thought yeah. about that one. Yeah. I, would they would they trade down when they try to get him a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. instead? Maybe. You know, like, I mean, maybe those are the I mean, it's it's all going to as far as which direction it's going to go, we'll have a way better idea once we start to see some college football play. Once we start to see how, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, hype surrounding Justin Fields this year, you know, and, and rightfully so, but at the same time, there's, there's very little confidence in his head coach, Johnny. No, there is not. We're going to get to that here in a second, but first I want to tell you guys about circle K that they're number one in my ranking of uh, premium convenience scores at a non-premium price, especially as it relates to their gas. Check out Circle K, your local Circle K. I'm going to tell you right now, best coffee, beer, snack selection. We're so excited to partner with Circle K. And again, how about iced coffees for under $2 in this swarming heat? I saw something before the show today. It's supposed to get up to like 117 That's nuts. You better go buy yourself 12 packs of beer. Stock up for just $9.99 ahead of the holiday. I'm going to tell you right now, 
perfect one-stop shop for anything you need ahead of 4th of July. Get it with Circle K. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff they've got going on. Do make sure you're not. You got to become a part of their SMS subscriber club, Bo Brock. All you got to do to make do is text PHNX to 31310. They're going to hook you up with a buy one, get one free 32-ounce Polar Pop. So double dip now. If you're going out, you're going to go watch fireworks with the family. You're going to do some sightseeing around the valley. Make sure you're hydrated. Hydrate with our friends. Get a Polar Pop on us. Buy one, get one free. PHNX. Text it, 31310. If you don't know where the Circle K is, well, just head to circlek.com slash store dash locator, Bo, to find the nearest Circle K to you. Already logging on to ShadyRays.com. Going to take advantage of the 50% off all shades Independence State summer sale because Synonymous was celebrating Independence. Happy birthday, America, is saving money and all the deals going around. And Shady Rays is going to help you save some shekels as well. Get some of their classics, obviously the, the vintage style. You got the Aviators, Tangle Free as well, X-Series, Navigators, whatever you want. Men, women, children, Shady Rays has a pair of sunglasses and more for you. Save money while you're purchasing them. And it's not like bargain sunglasses that you're going to get at Circle K or at a gas station. No, these are premium quality sunglasses that you're going to want to wear all the time and not take off your face because they're protecting your eyes and you're looking cool while they do it. Log on to ShadyRays.com. Take advantage of their Independence Day sale right now, 50% off all their sunglasses. Put in that code PHNX just for, for to show some love as well. But take advantage of 50% off premium polarized sunglasses that were five-star rated by over 250,000 people. ShadyRays, ShadyRays.com. Uh, really good question in the chat. Um, Jean-Paul, friend of the program, I'm behind. Is Ojolari signed yet? He is not, but so few second rounders have been signed yet. It's just a matter of time. We got somebody needs to have a domino fall here before the start of training camp. Ojolari's, I think, part of a robust pass rush group, Bob Brock, and they are, of course, are led by their head coach, Jonathan Gannon. And where does Jonathan Gannon fall in the hierarchy of head coaches? Well, if you ask CBS Sports, Mr. Bob Brock, not very high because today is the day the Cardinals finish close or last in every major list available. CBS Sports reporting or ranking Jonathan Gannon, the 31st ranked head coach in the NFL. Now, a lot of publications, Bo, come out and say new head coaches who have not coached a game yet, rightfully so, are put off to the side until we have some data or some win-loss records. No, no, no. Shane Stetchen's broke ass is like in the, the <laughs> low 20s. And I'm sorry, Shane Stetchen is not as hot of a head coach in Canada as Jonathan Gannon. They've got Josh McDaniels, 30, right above Gannon. I mean, just what do you make of these rankings, and are they warranted in your opinion? Yeah, that, that, that's the strange thing, right? You would have thought that they were going to lump kind of the unknowns together, but they didn't. They put Steichen down the list. They put D'Amico Ryans down the list. All the first-year head coaches did. didn't get the benefit of the doubt like Jonathan Gannon, and you're starting to read through it, and – here, here's why they don't know what they're talking about right as far as what the write-up was at cbs.com ranking jonathan gannon the second lowest ranked head coach in the nfl just uh, ahead of matt eberflus which is uh yikes bears fans but uh he called him a <laughs> passive defensive approach that jg's got a passive defensive approach and you can ask any philly fans about that it's just like well that's because they don't know they're mostly casuals and they're they're fired up still about the super bowl and they're angry it just, they're just angry. That, that's an angry yeah. fan base. You, if, if being passive is racking up sacks and picks, 
then I, I, I'd love to be passive. 70 sacks, 17 interceptions, 27 total, total turnovers. That's a passive defense. I don't think so. It doesn't sound very passive to me. So that's wrong. It's a bad breakdown. And then you've got a barren roster for years. That's what he called the Arizona Cardinals. And I just don't see that as well. I mean, that's not going to be the case once the 2024 offseason gets underway and, and, and the Cardinals navigate that in another year of Monty Ossifor. I just don't understand how you can look at this with 11 draft picks in 2024 and you know staring down $80 million in cap space that you're going to say this roster's barren for years. It's just, it's just lazy and it's just... I don't think that they put any thought into it and they're just going off of you know the reaction overreaction from the end of the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think it's the Florio effect, right? Or this this news about Jonathan Gannon and potentially blowing the Super Bowl that stays in people's minds fair or not and it and it causes some of these media outlets to run with it and create false narratives over the course of the offseason when really all that matters is can they get by him from their players and inevitably win football games. I mean, Mike I, I counted just now like five coaches ahead of Jonathan Gannon who were basically primed to get fired this year. Oh, and, yeah. And that starts with like guys like Ron Rivera. We mentioned Josh McDaniels. I mean, there were a bunch of coaches. Guy out in San Diego that, that or excuse me, the Las Vegas uh, or L.A. Chargers, I should say. Arthur um, Smith. A bunch of, Bulls, yeah. Dennis a bunch Allen, of coaches that, that are not going to be on that list next year. And like I don't know what kind of year Jonathan Gannon's going to have. The Cardinals could pick first overall next year. I mean, like Zach Taylor, who I was not a big fan of, had back-to-back miserable seasons, and then went to the Super Bowl because he had the right quarterback, right? And I until until Jonathan Gannon, I'm not going to say punt on this year because I think they need to show that they're competitive and prepared. Something Kingsbury's teams could not do is one of the most frustrating aspects of watching Cliff last fall is like they didn't even look like they practiced all week. And I'm like, Bo, you're at practice every day. Can you confirm that they actually worked out as a team? Because it looked like the opposite. That's what you need from get. It's like, oh, I see a vision here. Now, you may not have the talent to execute it, but I, I see what you're going for. Until Jonathan Gannon gets the benefit of a healthy Kyler Murray for a long stretch or Caleb Williams type of prospect, I don't. I think the jury's going to stay out on Jonathan Gannon. It's the same thing people say about Robert Sala. Robert Sala is a really good defensive head coach, but can be a great head coach, head coach. Well, now they have Aaron Rodgers, so now they can see that come to fruition. What did that take? That took two years. But I, I happen to think, we're going to get an answer on Gannon sooner rather than later. I Again, we've, we've talked about the comparisons, Bo, of the 2021 Eagles team and this Cardinal team, whereas like, he's going to fall on the sword defensively for the offense, hopefully to, to have some success here. So the defense, I expect to struggle early on, right? And it could also be the offense struggling. But by the end of the year, November, December, like the defense all look pretty good with, with or without new additions or trades or cuts or whatever. The vision of Gannon and his 4-3, 3-4 defense and the pass rush and the turnovers, I expect to get some resolution on that before the end of the year. Yeah, you should. And, and I think that they have a pretty good idea of where they want to fit these players, how they want to use utilize the versatility of players that I don't think the previous regime had a good plan for, right? The Zayvon yeah. Collins is the Isaiah Simmons of this defense. And then you bring into you know some some free agents, some draft picks, uh, and how they want to utilize Ujolari and, and some of these guys that are going to be part of this pass rush, this, this front seven. So, yeah, I, I think with that, you're just, you probably will see a team that's not going to finish second most points allowed, even with them not up to snuff roster wise on the defensive side of the football. Yeah, uh, this is a good question. We've seen this before. AK deadline 
uh, where can we buy or why can't we buy the new black alternative jerseys? And we've had this posed a couple different times, Deadline. My theory is that they have had the black jerseys, the old black jerseys for sale, and they've been the prominent item for Cardinal fans to buy because the red and white have been so hideous, right? I think they are giving the red and white time to breathe. And I think maybe closer to when the Cardinals plan to break them out during the season is when they'll unveil them. But I, the, the red and white prior Reebok Nike jerseys were so grotesque. They're allowing these new red and white, which, I mean, the, the red's good. The white is fantastic. The white will be my next jersey, jersey purchase. They're letting them breathe because that's their traditional home and away colors. And then let's say they, they're going to go all, they're going to go all black in like early October. Then you might see those go for sale, but they'll, they'll make them available. You'll have plenty of time because buckle up. It took 20 plus years to get new jerseys. These are, these are them for the long haul. They're here to stay for a while. Excited about that. Did you, did you see this? Another storyline kind of around this organization that the NFL is blaming the slipping issues on the Super Bowl teams and not the turf out there at State <laughs> Stadium. Well, the turf god, or what was his name? The sod father. The, the sod father. They sent him out to pasture, so to speak. He was the sacrificial lamb of the Super Bowl. I hope he's doing all right, but nice of Goodell to put him on the players. Like yeah. in his, he's in his late 80s, early 90s. That guy's going to be muttering about how the NFL screwed him. <laughs> and his, last, his swan song, they screwed him, and they're just throwing yeah. him under the it's like you had Hassan Reddick that played in the stadium for four seasons, and he was like, it was the worst turf I'd ever played on. Like, he played on the, the State Farm and University of Phoenix sta- uh, Stadium's turf for many years, many games. And he's like, no, that's the worst surface I've ever played on on Super I, Bowl. It's insane. I hate, like, ageism's a thing in, in today's working world. But I don't think in the biggest event, sporting event in our country, you should have a 90-year-old man prepping the, the playing field. That's just my opinion. You could disagree. You might know a lot of really capable 90-year-olds that can sod a field. I do not. And I that was such a gimmick that backfired, too, because it's like, this is a great story. He's prepped so many fields. It's like, yeah, let's get an heir apparent. Do you have an heir apparent ready to go? You have somebody, I don't know, in their 70s that can do this? Mr. 100-year-old sod father. Uh, yeah, I mean, not not surprised. The car... Cardinals, I, the, if, if the Cardinals as if well, it has but anything to do with gardening or grass or sod, I will, I will step out of the way of an of an elderly person. They know what they're doing. They've got a way greener thumb than you and I do. That that's true. I I can't keep a house plant alive for the <laughs> life of me. I, everything in my house is fake. Um, the another question here, uh, or no comment. Gr- uh, Grigson four eight zero, friend of the program, getting his new white jersey on the seventh. Love that. Be interested to see. My man, what player you opted to go with? Because I think that that's the biggest issue for me and a lot of Cardinal fans, Bo, is like, I am ready yeah. to buy a white jersey. I, I'll buy one immediately for a player that I know is going to stick around. Should it be Buda Baker now? Because Buda Baker got his option picked up. Do I Should I feel good about Buda Baker on the 2024 Cardinals enough to buy his jersey? Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, the shelf life for any jersey, I mean, even if you think it's a stone cold lock that he's going to be around, I mean, things can change, right? But yeah, I mean, the fact that he's going to be for the next two seasons, it feels like. That's a safe. That's a safe bet. Uh, and then you know, Kyle. I got my son a red Kyler one. Uh, it was the only youth jersey they had at the team store. Uh, excited to throw that on. Uh, maybe I'll make him because it's red. We'll do red, white, and blue tomorrow. Maybe he's going to be sporting the new Cardinals red jersey. But uh, the the black one. If you're going white, I might get the black one just because I think it's just as as nice as the clean white one. It's the same design. It's just black. Yeah. And it looks it looks really cool. Nice. 
uh, Grigson saying, always get in the custom one. John Paul saying, get the custom one. That's smart. That I Harrison should get Junior one. Yeah, just get that Harrison Jr. <laughs> the ultimate gamble. That's just one step away from getting a Super Bowl tattoo. Oscar, why do sports networks like CBS and ESPN have biases against the Cardinals? I don't know, Oscar, but when they come here and plant their feet for the Super Bowl, they like taking up all of our amenities. They're, they love being out at the pool and the bars and hanging out. And love, love the golf courses here in February, but show us that love you know, the 360 other days out of the year, because I, I don't understand it, but I relish it. Bo Brock and I do being able to do this show every, every day with, with real Cardinal fans. So when it's cliche, but when the, this team does turn it around, it's going to be all the more sweeter, sweeter. Like my friends at FOCO who giving out some sweet deals right now. If you see this bobblehead right here, this is from FOCO hook up with stuff just like this. It's unique. It's not brick and mortar garbage. It's stuff you can't find anywhere else. And, I mentioned the sweet deal. How about this? For all non-presale items, you can use that promo code PHNX. You get 10% off at FOCO.com. Again, find something you like. If it's not on sale, 10% off using the promo code PHNX. They've got so much good stuff right now. They've donated some pieces to our PHNX set. I bought this, though. It's fantastic. They've got toys, collectibles, novelty items, apparel, stuff you can't find anywhere else. And uh, it's definitely one of the places, Bo, I go, FOCO ahead of every NFL season to load up. Can't beat that. Can't beat illegal Pete's, of course, out there on Mill. Got to get out there. Enjoy several of their locations. But here at PHNX Cardinals, we love illegal Pete's. Patio, probably not the best patio season, but I'm sure they got you set up for success, especially when you're getting in on their margarita, which is the strongest in the state of Arizona. Check out all their AZ locations. They got happy hour from 3 to 8 couple extra happy hours there, part of happy hour. Irresistible drinks and mouth-watering food to fill all your heart's desire. Check out their full menu. They've got delicious bowls, tacos, salads, burritos, nachos. they got a full bar, custom cocktails, beers, piping hot queso. Kick off your week on the right foot with Margarita Monday at Illegal Pete's out there on Miller, one of their Valley locations exclusive. The AZ locations, those $3 marks all day, every day on Monday, and nothing brightens up your Monday more than soaking up the sun with a few marks. Can't beat that. And then, of course, the old Taco Tuesday, and you hear Taco Tuesday said, you know, almost to a fault, but not when we're talking about Illegal Pete's. They know how to do it. They're the elite Taco Tuesdays. $2 tacos all day, every Tuesday. Enjoy your favorite chicken, pork, veggie tacos for just 2 bucks. Swing by. Start your week off on the right way at Illegal Pete's. Uh, a lot of love to just going with the uh, Fitz 11 on the New Jersey. Don't hate that idea. Dylan Richards saying, Johnny, get Isaiah Simmons white jersey for the year. <laughs> I, well, I will. if Isaiah Simmons has a great year, and proves me wrong, and I hope that he does because I root for all Cardinals to succeed. I'll get an Isaiah Simmons jersey. Hell yeah. I don't want to get one, though, before he's playing 60% of the snaps as a backup defensive back, though. Uh, I prefer my players to be to be starters. Uh, Isaiah like Simmons, Avante so. Maddox played 75% of the snaps no, last year. No. Avante Maddox was not, the, was not the eighth overall pick, though. Come on now. 75% of the snaps. You're saying 60%. It's, it's, I mean, I'm glad you kept your streak alive. You should you keep gonna, your streak are you, live. Are you going to? Are you going to? Before you set off a firework tomorrow, you're just going to slander Isaiah Simmons so you can keep your streak, your daily streak of slandering him alive. No, I'm not. I don't slander him every day. I give backhanded compliments that sometimes turn into slander, but it's not my fault. Everybody knows you coax me into it. 
And also Isaiah Simmons was supposed to be on Everyone, the show twice and he's turned us. Light off this firework. It's going to bust just like Isaiah Simmons did as the eighth overall pick. Oh, that's good. That's really good. You should write my material. Uh, what does a great year for Simmons look like? Eddie asking in the chat. I would say a great year for Isaiah Simmons. If he's playing defensive back is like, like four picks. And uh, I hate to put like, it's hard with a defensive back. Four picks and he plays 70 plus percent of the snaps. And he's got a PFF grade at like 70 to 75, I would say. It was a great year for us. That's like a year he's where you can up. really build off I mean, of that. In order, you can build off of it, but in order to get like kind of, I mean, for teams to say, hey, we need to sign this guy next offseason, which he wants to put himself in a position to do, he's he's going to yeah. have to have a better year than that. And, and it's it's a great question. Like, what is it? what does it look like? Uh, he's going to continue to have like the, the ability to make game-changing plays. You know, even though he's playing DB, he's still going to be able to be as physical as he's been in his career uh, and, and, you know, force picks, force turnovers, fumbles, put, yeah. put balls on the turf. Uh, but he's going to have to really step his game up and on the fly, learning kind of a, a different position in a new, in a new system. So it's, yeah. it's going to be challenging, but we'll see what happens. I mean, what's a good year? I, I think he's still got to approach, you know, 100 tackles. Um, and, and we'll see if they put him in a position at all to get after the quarterback. Impact plays. You said it. Yeah. John Paul said it. Does pop on tape, but then he pops on tape for the wrong reason. Like, I didn't like Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator for this team toward the end of his tenure, and Vance Joseph didn't trust him. And so if he earns the trust of Jonathan Gannon, which, listen, we've, we've heard some things thus far, and I would say Isaiah Simmons still has a, a ways to go as an NFL player and somebody who's going to be a staple of Gannon's secondary. So take that for what you will. It's just something I've heard. It is not like you would want it to be a slam dunk. Like this guy is hundred percent bought in They're yep. lockstep. You you want it to be what Kyler Murray and like Drew Petzing have already and get and Gannon. It's not like that. I Isaiah is a little bit of a, of a loner and you'd be a loner if you're an ass kicker and an elite player, not an elite player yet. He's just a really, really good athlete that, I don't know. People question if he loves football. And again, I, I want to be wrong, but I just, I just don't think I'm going to be wrong. I think he's in his last year with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, yeah. That's how I feel. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, super talented. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and he has to kind of make himself undeniable at this point, like not going to yeah. be a part of the base. It doesn't feel like right. The base defense, but he's got to work his way into where he's playing a majority of the snaps. And I think he has the ability to do that. I mean, I think he's going to, he shows up uh, on the practice field, just his, his size, athleticism. Uh, and this, I, I think Nick Rollis and, and Jonathan Gannon will probably want to find a way if, if he, if the results are there to put him on the field as much as possible, but he's got to make that case for him, for himself. Our Cardinals aren't tel talented enough to not have Isaiah Simmons on the field. So if he's not on the field, it's, it's an Isaiah Simmons problem. Uh, I got a problem. And that's not because I'm not on gophnx.com. It's because I need some Cardinal buzz. These other teams right now in the Valley, Diamondbacks crushing it. Check out the work of Jesse and company at gophnx.com. How about uh, Suns make a trade or an acquisition every hour? Check out Gerald's work <laughs> at gophnx.com. Uh, Leah and company, Craig Morgan, never heard of him, did great work during the NHL draft. So myself, Bo Brock, Howard Bolzer, we got some content coming your way. gophnx.com just ahead of the NFL season. But if you need an all-encompassing 5,000-foot view of the Valley sports at the best possible level, check it out. Become a diehard Bull Brock. You get 20% off 
anything from the PHNX merchandise locker like this fire cardinal t-shirt old school or a hat plus if you sign up right now you get a hat and or shirt for free every single year you're signed up to be a diehard Bo's putting exclusive content via practice be a training camp in the cardinal discord don't miss out on that but again if you're looking for a place for every single arizona sports writer that you love and love to follow as it relates to these teams 90 percent of the articles are free but for that sweet sweet 10 percent you got to go to gophnx.com and become a diehard. Yeah, you don't want to uh, miss out on all that great content, as Johnny mentioned, that's going on right now. It might be slow season for the cards cards overall, but Suns, I think they're out of roster spots, right, to fill at this point, right? They can't maybe they can't any more moves, but Gerald's churning out work right now as we speak. So is our guy Howard Balzer, and that Discord's mm-hmm. always going. Make sure you get ex- get that exclusive access to it. Everybody, have a great 4th of July. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy some downtime. Enjoy some family, friends time. Get on that barbecue. Make up some, uh, just burn some some delicious meats and drink some Four Peaks beer. Get out to uh, Circle K as well. Get some, uh, some Polar Pops and everything that you need to make your 4th of July the best. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. For producers Emma and Johnny, I'm Bo Brock. We'll talk to you then. Have a great 4th.